Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. Welcome to After the Message, folks. If you are uh, tuning in for the first time, you are on the Celebration Church Orlando podcast. Mm. And uh, we're so glad that you're here and, and tuning in whenever it wherever you are and whenever it may be. Uh, After the message is simply a conversation uh, of the previous Sunday sermon, and uh, we just like to continue that conversation Mm -hmm. and hope it encourages you to do the same thing in your community. Today, uh, I'm joined by our uh, lead pastor, Pastor Keith Pittman. Pastor Keith, welcome back. Man, I'm I'm glad to be back. And, you know, Nate, I think um, the last time I was here, it was like leading into potentially a Super Bowl yes. um, appearance from your, your squad. Yes. And um, since then, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have, have succeeded in winning the um, Super Bowl. So I want to say congratulations Thank to you, you amongst the entire community of people <laughs> that are listening to us as a diehard Eagles fan, game-recognized game. And even though Tom Brady has broke my heart on many occasions, <laughs> I'm glad that it's worked out for you. Yeah, man, it's just... You know, once you once you wake up a champion from the day after the Super Bowl, you just get used. You know, today I woke up a champion. Tomorrow yes. I'm going to wake up a champion. Yes, and I'll be a champion forever. So ride that wave as long as you can, brother. It's it's amazing. But yes, uh, we kid and we joke, but um, you know, we're we're super uh, excited to continue this conversation mm-hmm. on on a, a pivotal topic in our series, and we're currently in a series called Pursue. Yeah, and. You know, we've talked a little bit about how Celebration Church has had a little bit of shift in um, a little bit of shift in perspective about how we used to say that we lead others to experience a God first life. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we exist. Uh, So we've kind of shifted that to uh, God's people pursuing God's kingdom. So I I think you put it beautifully that uh, our pursuit determines our experience. Yeah. So we're still experiencing that God first life, but the way that we're experiencing it is by pursuing God. Exactly. And and so can, can you kind of talk a little bit about like how that revelation per se kind of came to you or, or maybe just you maybe you were thinking about how to present it to the community and, and what that yeah. process was like well I think I think you you hit it right on the, on the head man I think what it was is realizing that when you're you're leading people to an ex- experience it's 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 kind of it can be passive mm-hmm. because like people can just want to sit back and and wait and and even though I think that our church historically even in the 20 years leading into us kind of having this shift we've created environments and and People have passionately pursued it, but I feel like in this this current season, and I'm not sure if it was the the pandemic or not, but I kind of started noticing how people like we we live in such a customizable world, and I think what happens is we begin to use the conveniences that are available to us to even customize our walk with God. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have to pursue my, my I don't have to pursue my mail; it comes to me. I don't mm-hmm. have to pursue anything; everything gets delivered. And so I could begin to see that was kind of working its way into our belief system. So even though you're thinking of all the church at home stuff, all the content that we have, all the things that's available, I would have people saying like, hey, man, so can you just have it delivered to me? I'm like, well, like, all you got to do is just log on and go get it. Mm-hmm. But even that seemed like to be a, an, a, an exertion of effort. So that's when I realized, like, man, maybe maybe leading people to experience. We need to shift that from experiences to you got to pursue it. It's mm-hmm. available. You don't got to work for it but you still got to put the work into at least go and get what's available for us. And we do that in every area of our lives. When you really think about it practically, when we could go to the movies, 
you had to go. Right. You didn't have to make the film, but you had to still go and position yourself to go and receive it. So that was the subtle shift. And it may seem a little bit like semantics, but my hope is it can get ingrained into our culture where our posture is. I'm here to experience something, but I'm going to pursue it. Yeah. And my pursuit will determine what I experience. Because here's the other thing I'll say. I used to notice a, a big distinction between whenever we would have like revival nights, mm-hmm. like worship nights, mm-hmm. like those nights are so powerful. They're so, they're so exciting. And I'm thinking to myself, like, it's the same God. We're still singing the same songs. Mm. It's nothing has really changed except someone's expectation or their pursuit. Mm. They're showing up with an expectation. They're showing up pursuing it. And so they're experiencing it. So they're saying like, man, that was a great night of worship. Well, Sunday morning is a great day of worship. If you came with that same pursuit in mind, if you came with that same posture in mind. So changing us from being in a spot where we're waiting to hear our favorite song to I'm pursuing God no matter what. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's great. And and kind of at the beginning, you you spoke a little bit about the season of Lent. And yes. uh, I grew up uh, in an area where. Uh, Catholicism was was pretty heavy, and mm-hmm. so I was familiar with this just because of my friendships and my community. Yep. That you know, my friends would be like, uh, "You know, I can't do this because it's Lent," and yep. and so I began to learn what that was, and I even participated in it mm-hmm. uh, a few times. And and so I think um, I think it's interesting what you brought up about how you know this is a historically it's it's from Christianity. It's birthed mm-hmm. out of Christianity. Is there any more do you have any more history or context around oh, the birth yeah, of that? Man. Ultimately what it what what tradition had pulled it from is they pulled it from when Jesus went into the wilderness for forty days. Okay. Um that's kind of like the scripture reference. And even though that's not the exact extraction, but nonetheless that's the principle that people pull. Like Jesus went away, he gave up to prepare himself for ministry. Mm-hmm. And so tradition came where they use that text to say, okay, in preparation for Easter, it's such a sacred time where we're believing that the fulfillment of Jesus' ministry is going to bring a harvest of people. So why don't we recognize this as a moment where the people of God are going to create a space where they sacrifice in order to prepare for the work that Jesus has done and for people to come in and get saved. So traditionally people would, they would fast, they would pray, they would have baptisms, and they would have this as a preparation for what they believed God was going to do in the lives of so many people um, for Easter time. Now, like anything, traditions can quickly get turned into religiosity Mm -hmm. and it can get real complicated and legalistic. And then the potency of it kind of gets lost. And so when, when reformation happened and we kind of started seeing the divide between Protestants and Catholicism, that's where some of those, those traditions that really were rooted in the best intentions kind of like fell by the wayside. So it's like, Oh, that's a Catholic thing versus that's a Protestant thing. But Mm. before there was a great divide, it was actually just a body of Christ thing that I believe the enemy began to manipulate to cause confusion. So for folks that want to kind of lean into these moments with a sacred mindset, you can participate in it. It's not something that you have to do, just Mm -hmm. like a lot of the other things that we recognize as believers. But if you want to, I believe that there's a grace there and just abstaining from some things, praying for some loved ones that you want to see get saved because we've seen traditionally that that it does seem to soften the ground a little bit and people do come to faith. Yeah. It, it's interesting too that you mentioned reading the gospels. Yeah. Um and actually but you know I was I I was going through a devotional and I finished that and so I was like, "Man, what what should I do next?" And I thought, "Well, why don't I just read through all the gospels?" Mm. And so when you mentioned that, I was like, "Okay, <laughs> is this providential whatever, but <laughs> it, it's just really cool." So I, I started reading Matthew and um yeah, really looking forward to to kind of walking through that 
um, that book of the Bible in this season. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of cool how that's kind of come together. So. Are you going to just are you reading like just math? You going to take your time going through math? Yeah. Yep. Great. Yep. Definitely. Great. Great. Um. So yeah, really, really looking forward to that. I haven't, I haven't like been intentionally in one book of the Bible mm-hmm. in a while. Same. So I think it, I think it'll be a good thing. Yep. Um. So we talked about uh, rhythms of rest and and how God initiated that, and mm-hmm. and it's you know it's from God, and, and it's almost countercultural. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and you spoke about you know the very beginning. Uh, I, I guess the first question I have for you is, is God resting after each day in creation and then eventually on the seventh day, is that purely a model for us or is there other significance to it? Other like theological ramifications or is it, is it really just like, no, this is what I want you to do? Yeah, I think so. There's, there's two sides to it. One, it's, it's God modeling okay. because he, he really is trying to help us to understand. But when you look at the days and him resting, and that's something I really didn't hit on in the message. But at the end of every day, the whole point was that God was establishing boundaries. Mm. So for each day, it was still meant to be there's a beginning, there's an end, there's a boundary, and then there's another start. So that's why it allows scriptures for like his his mercies are renewed every morning. Mm. It begins to allow these scriptures to take root and recognizing that here's boundaries and then tomorrow's a new day. Because un- unfortunately, we can kind of have this this constant pressure to want to accomplish and get so much done. It's great to be driven. But even when you think about the ministry of Jesus, like he got to a point where he was like, the poor you will always have with you. Like there are still moments where we're going to need to rest, to detach, to kind of disconnect, because there's going to always be another email that you need to respond to. There's going to always be another thing that you can get to. But when you can live your life with healthy boundaries, it's going to allow you to reserve your strength. But when you get to the seventh day and on the seventh day he rested, I was reading some 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 scholarly work. And what it said was is on the seventh day when he rested and they were looking at some of the language implications. It was saying that ultimately it was like when he breathed a sigh that then allowed everything he created to be filled with his presence. Mm. So it was like on the seventh day after everything is done, it was almost like when you see in, um, in Psalms where sometimes it says Selah, like yes. it's a break, it's a yeah. breath. It was like that was God saying, okay, I finished it. And yeah. now his presence was filled in everything that he had just finished creating. So that's kind of what that was meant to symbolize. And the beautiful thing was, there was never supposed to be an end to that day. Mm-hmm. Like the, that seventh day of rest was meant to be the state that we were supposed to exist and live in for all eternity, which is why when he comes back and everything and the heavens and the earth comes together, there will never be like that new day and end. Like it says, there's no sun, there's no moon. Right. We're sustained by the presence of Jesus getting back to that eternal rest, which is what God's plan was from the very beginning. But when sin entered the picture, he had to put boundaries around that so that restoration could have a pattern that he could lead us through. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like when you cook a steak and this, you take the steak off the grill, but it needs to rest for a yes, little bit. exactly. You know, you can't, you could go right in and eat it if you want to, but yes. it's probably going to be a little bit better if you just give it a you few minutes at rest. room temperature. So, Come on, Nate, I should have used that in the message, man. Hey, well, there you go. Next time you <laughs> preach this one, you know, you got that in your back pocket. But um, wh- why do you think rest is difficult for us? You know, wh- why, wh- why doesn't it seem to be natural? Because I think what seems to be natural, and let's distinguish this, um, laziness could be a natural thing yes oh or, or, or <laughs> escapism you know yep. i was talking to somebody earlier in the week uh leading up to sunday and i was like you know i think what this this sunday could do for our community is it could it could show that we don't run away from something we run to something yes so we're not what the world says is 
you know, escape. So mm-hmm. go to the movies and escape, yep. escape your reality. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is no, we're running to God. Yes. And, and we're running to rest in God. So mm-hmm. is it just that our sinful nature that causes that? Or, or, or what do you think causes us not to naturally lean towards true rest in God? I think it's, um, I think what it, I think what it can boil down to is almost like a lack of trust. So, so, and, and I, I kind of talked about it a little bit in the message. I didn't go as far into it as I wish time would allow me to, but, but in its, in its Voila, purest form, that's why message. after the message was birthed, that's yes, why sir. we're here. Um, but when you, when you think about like, okay, so the children of Israel in bondage, they were slaves. There were no days off. Um, but if you go back even before that in Genesis 11, and there's a statement that, that the people, the collective said, like, we're going to build this monument and make a name for ourselves. Mm. I think it's part of our human nature that we just love to make monuments that are a reflection of our hard work. Mm. Look at what I've created. But the whole idea of rest was getting to a point where you recognize that, yes, the Bible talks about how God gives us gifts and ability to do things with our hands. But when we pause and invite God into the process, it allows God to breathe on the work of our hands. It allows us to have rest, but allows God to be the guest of honor of the work that we've done. Unfortunately, what happens is we've gotten so busy with our schedule that we schedule God right out of our lives. Mm. And now we just continue to exalt the monuments that are a reflection of our hard work. I still remember um, I've shared this in a message years ago, mm-hmm. um, but I still remember when I had a, a friend of mine who who went to um, medical school and he had grinded, as you can imagine, as it requires you to go to medical school. And then he had got to a point where he was graduating and he he was genuinely concerned about his faith because he knew like coming out of medical school, he was being recruited, making a salary that was just ridiculous, like day one. Mm. And he said to me, he's like, man, I'm concerned about my faith because I don't know what my walk with God's going to look like now that I don't need him financially. Mm. And I said, well, that's, that shouldn't change because you still need God. Like, you know, and, and again, our walk with God isn't meant to be rooted in like this super dependency that I can't function, but it's meant to be, this, this, this trust that I understand that God is the one who's given me gifts in my, my mind, everything that I have. But, but his filter was like, I really sought God when I didn't have finances. I really sought God when I was working through school. But now that I have all these resources, I don't even need to include God in my decision making anymore. Mm. I don't have to include God in my budget anymore. And I think that that's an example of how we can be so busy and so successful and so driven that we get to a point that we don't even feel like we quote unquote need God because we have all the answers because it's right in our hands. Yeah. What God is saying is in spite of your success or in spite of your struggles, create space for me to come in. Just invite me to be a part of it. And I'm not asking you for a whole lot in the same way with the tithe. I'm asking you for, to give me a portion of time where you just acknowledge and honor me in it. And I'm telling you, you'll be blessed. Hmm. That's, that's kind of what rest is. Biblical rest. That was the mind of God from the beginning. Yeah. And again, you know, it's easy to get that confused with relaxation yes. or get it confused with just tuning the world out. Yeah, you know, it's, it's there, so there's a difference that. there. Yeah. And, and I think it'll be your perspective. Now you were just on vacation. Mm. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so I think what a lot of people do is when they come back, I, I hear this term all the time. I need a vacation for my vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I went on vacation. I had a lot of fun. I did what I wanted to do, but I'm exhausted. Yes. So there was no real rest. Exactly. You know what I mean? So true. So. So true. One of the, the or the first point that that, that you kind of brought up w- was rest giving us perspective, mm-hmm. and and you use the uh, example of Joseph, uh, 
you know, when he finds out that Mary's pregnant mm-hmm. and then, you know, he, uh, during his, his night's rest, uh, he learns what to do. Are, are there any moments that you can remember in your life, you know, vivid moments where uh, rest played a part in a big decision that oh, you made? Bro. I'm glad you asked me that. Like, I, I had no idea you were going to ask me that, but this came right to my mind. So when I was kind of come into full-time ministry, mm-hmm. it was, that was a big one for me. So <clears throat> we, we had been serving at the church, um, and, and faithfully loving it, but kind of feeling this sense of, even though I had a great job working for the school district, doing very well there. Um, but I knew that God was calling me to do something else. Mm-hmm. And so I remember wrestling with it and, and even, even going into, like, I had like conversations with tons of different people and kind of sensing like, Hey man, the day's going to come where the church is going to ask you to come on full time. Like it's just a matter of time. I wasn't pursuing it. I wasn't chasing after it, but it seemed as if it was inevitable based off of the opportunities that were coming my way. Okay. So, so I knew that that was something that, that God was kind of beginning to stir. I had, I ended up having a meeting with someone to talk about some stuff dealing with groups. And, um, but I didn't realize that that was almost like a test, like job interview. Didn't know. It was never just know, more so, man. You just never know. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I come home and then I get a phone call from our then CFO. And she's like, Hey, like, you know, I just want to let you know, like, you know, the church has been, you know, watching you and your family for several years. You guys have been faithful and we want to see if you would be interested in, in accepting this position. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, like I've been, I've been on this journey and of course you want to pray about it. But, but the thing that hit me was I had already known just real talk. I had already known that the church was not going to be able to match my salary, mm-hmm. that I was what I was making when I was at the school system. I knew that for a fact. So I, I was really at a place where at the time, Megan wasn't working. I was making enough at the school where, um, where Megan didn't have to work. We yeah. decided for her to stay home with, um, with the kids. And so I knew that even though she didn't have to work, we still weren't balling. We, st- we, sure. we were doing okay, but we weren't balling. Yeah, yeah, so, so I was like, man, if I'm going to make less, I don't think I can afford to make less. So logic began to really begin to deconstruct like, bro, like I know it's a great opportunity, but there's no way that you can afford to make less money. I know it's what you feel called to do. And so in my flesh, in my mind, I was prepared to say like, listen, like it's a great opportunity. I can still serve. I'll do the exact same things you want to pay me for free. Um, but I can't, I can't stop making what I'm making. Mm. Um, and I was prepared to do that, but, um, but I didn't, I literally felt like God said, you need to sleep on it. You need to rest. Mm. And when I went to sleep, um, God kind of spoke to me in this, in this dream and he gave Megan a, a dream as well, but he spoke to me and he said, um, he said, Keith, if you, if you decide to go into full-time ministry, I won't love you any more or any less. If you decide to stay at your job in the school district, I won't love you any more or any less. My grace is sufficient. However, and this is where God kind of dropped the mic on me. He said, however, at the end of your days and you're standing in my presence, are you going to say that you did not fulfill my perfect will for your life because I couldn't afford you. Hmm. And once, once I got that, I woke up and I was like, man, it's true. Am I saying that God can't afford me? Hmm. So what I did is I went into that next meeting and I was like, you know what? I don't know what the job offer, like what the salary is going to be, but I feel like the spirit of God told me to say yes, because absolutely, if I have to sacrifice, if I have to make adjustments to my life in order for me to walk in my calling, I'm prepared to do that. So that's Hmm. an example of when I needed to rest where God was able to speak to me because my mind otherwise wasn't giving God space to talk. But when I went to sleep, he was like, I love you either way, but do you think that I can't afford you? And so that was it. That's uh, that brings up kind of another conversation. Something I talk to people about all the time is like, you know, the will of God. And, Mm -hmm. and I think, I think what you brought up is God's love, you Mm -hmm. know, and God's grace is, 
unconditional. His love's yep. unconditional. You know what I mean? Kind of what we've been talking about. Um, but um, he has specific things probably that he's ordained for your life, and yes. so the, the, you get in that whole that whole battle of free will versus mm-hmm. predestination mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So we yeah. can talk about that another yeah, time. Yeah, perfect but, will and permissive will. Like yeah. that's what it boils down to. Like, mm-hmm. what is God going to permit me to do? what is his perfect will for my life Mm. and um more often than not i'm trying to lean towards the the perfect will sometimes you miss it Mm. Um, but there is that space where grace kind of lets you like yeah if you wanted to if i if if i know what god's calling me to do i know god's called me to function um as a pastor in in my life and i believe that that's my calling to the end of my days but if i'm like you know what man i've had enough of this i want to go back i want to go into the construction field god's still going to love me Mm. he's he will permit me to do that but I know that I am not in his perfect will for my life. What do you, whenever you talk to people about that, because I'm sure people talk to you all the time about like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the next step is. Mm-hmm. I think this is what God wants me to do. Like, what do you, what do you typically say to someone when they're trying to decide if this is God's perfect will for their life? I think um, what I found with the perfect will of God is the doors are open and you don't have to force them open yourself. But to walk through that door will require a sacrifice. Mm. I've, I've, I've not seen scripturally or otherwise where the perfect will of God can be fully walked in without it costing you something. Mm. And so we can look at Jesus, obviously, as a perfect example where, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Jesus walked and lived his life, but he understood the perfect will of God was going to require me to sacrifice my life. And so what I would typically say to people, a lot of times we feel like things are God because things are easier. Mm. We feel like something is God because it's super, man, like this makes so much sense. And sometimes it is, but I often find myself saying, but what do you have to give up to do that? And if, if you don't have anything you can think of, it doesn't mean that it's not God, but I would just say, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. The second thing that, that you kind of touched on was, was rest honoring God. Mm-hmm. And, and um, the question that came out of that for me was, how do we balance the mission that God's given us as Christians um, to be a witness and to try mm-hmm. and help others know Jesus? Um, that kind of urgency that's in us yeah. with rest. How, yeah. You know what I mean? And how do we, um, I guess, how, how, the, how do we balance it is the best way to put it? Or how do we justify mm-hmm. rest when someone may say, well, yeah, but there's people that are dying and go to hell. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like what's, what's the balance there, do you think? I think the balance is, is, um, is, is you, you have a, you have a rhythm of rest. I think there's a difference between rest and hibernation. Okay. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You feel what I'm saying? So like, so I think for, if you have a rhythm of rest where, okay, like, you know, for, for me and my family, I do my best to, to rest on Fridays. As you know, we're off on Fridays. Mm -hmm. So Friday I might be running around doing some things, but Friday night we do our best to, to have to try to have family dinner. And then like from Friday night, at least until like, Saturday afternoon is I'm trying my best to just be present with my family. We can run errands. We can go shopping. It's not like you're just sitting at home, like in some kind of spiritual seance, just hoping that you hear right. from God. It's just my moment where I'm trying my best to detach from the things that are trying to, that are fighting for my attention. Hmm. It's my opportunity for me to make sure that I'm to the best of my ability present for my family. And, and we've invited God into our home and there's just a peace that comes with it. So I think sometimes we can think rest is the lack of activity. Um, and there may be moments of that, but really it's just the lack of distractions. I'm minimizing the things that are trying to pull me away. So, so that's, that's the first, the first thing that I want to bring clarification yeah. to. I think the tension or the way that you balance it all out is just understanding that, um, 
on this designated day that I guess I see it as, man, Jesus rested. God rested after creation. So if he was able to rest, if Jesus rested with all of the things he's doing and then and, and he's leading us to this place of rest, then I believe that. You know what? Even if I don't, it'll still get done. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it really just takes me off of my high horse and believing that 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 I am the end all be all. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes we we don't realize that we really do believe that that we that things don't get done without us. And, right. and I realize we can set up systems and certainly things can fall between the cracks. So don't 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 misunderstand what I'm saying. But what I'm trying to acknowledge is that God forbid, like when I when I broke my ankle and I wasn't able to function life goes on. Like mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at how life goes on. And mm-hmm. so if we can just have that mindset of saying like, I know that life's going to go on as Jesus modeled for us. Hey, let's pull away and rest for a while. Like we gotta, we gotta get to this place where we kind of just breathe and just enjoy one another. And then we get back at it. Like, even if you're watching a sporting event, they get halftime. Mm-hmm. Like everything we see is geared towards giving people rest. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. I think it's just, if we can get out of our own heads and stop creating systems that requires so much from us. Yeah, that makes total sense. And uh, I think, like you said, man, if Jesus did it, it's probably a good idea that that we (laughs) follow that rhythm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You briefly mentioned, though, that there are some some counter viewpoints to this, Mm -hmm. kind of in in passing in your sermon, but it obviously put the light bulb on in my head. Like, what would be an argument against rest? You know what I mean? And why even in the circle of faith, like without trying to get too confrontational, what, what would be some arguments against that? And um, why would anybody not be down for it? I guess. Bro, it's, it's a, it's a can of worms. Okay. But, but what I'll tell you is that, so our, you know, when we, when we look in scripture, you know, and we see passages of scripture, like salvation is of the Jews, Jesus talking to the woman at the well, helping her to understand that, that God chose the Jewish people that he, he, he challenged, he he um he rebuked he he gave them consequences because they were his chosen people to be the ones that would be the the bearers of light because he knew that he was going to bring about redemption of all mankind and he needed a people group that had a foundation of what it meant to worship the true god um Yahweh so that was the god's chosen people mm-hmm. so that's what it means by found that salvation is of the Jews they were the people group that God selected so when God chose them and gave them um, these biblical um, boundaries and ways to function as a people, they also began to establish strong traditions. So for, for, for Jewish people, they have their, their religion, their faith, their, their national identity are all woven in together. So when you fast forward time and you get to these things, it's sometimes hard to make a distinction between what are the things that God is telling us to do versus what are the things that are just part of the Jewish nationality that we really don't have to do anymore? Mm-hmm. So the confusion comes in where people begin to look at certain things in the Old Testament, which was kind of towards a Jewish audience outside of like prophecies about the inclusions of nations later. So people are saying like, okay, well, God, that's in the Old Testament, right? So that means that that was mainly under the old dispensation, the dispensation of law, which was pretty much dealing with the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. We're in a dispensation of grace. That's the, that's the, that's the age of the church and the Gentiles. So we're not bound by any of that stuff. So I think what's important for us is to recognize that when God institutes Sabbath by himself demonstrating a day of rest, that's before the Jewish people were selected out to be their own separate people group. Mm. This is something that God had established from the very beginning, but mm. then he gave it to the Jewish people as a, as a semblance of what we do. And so for me, that's the confusion that comes into it is where people look at these things and say, 
Well, no, God gave that to the Jewish people. So that's not something that we quote unquote have to do. Mm-hmm. Didn't Paul say that we don't have to do these things anymore? Didn't Jesus have to deal with debates when he did things and people were like, well, hey, man, what are you doing? You're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. Like mm-hmm. what it is, is ultimately folks have like, so Jesus came, he's Lord of the Sabbath. The book of Hebrews says we have a better priest. We don't have to do those things anymore. And the truth be told, like, it's not a salvic thing. If you choose to work nonstop, you're not going to lose your place in heaven. But what I think you're doing is you're missing out on the opportunity of experiencing a little bit of Eden now on earth. That's what, that's what, that's what Sabbath is supposed mm-hmm. to be. It's yeah. supposed to be a benefit to us, not a burden to us. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think, it, I think too, a, a lot of, a lot of the perspective that sometimes we can even get infiltrated into the way that we view the world is not an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'll sleep when I die, you yeah. know, or so I got to, I got to get it when I'm alive yeah. and, and, and all that stuff. When, when in reality, if you're a believer, there's no end, you mm-hmm. know, like there's a physical death obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can go into all the, the doctrinal or theological ramifications of what new life is. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's not what we're here to, to debate or figure out. But at the end of the day, like we win, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're, if you're a son or daughter of God, like you, you have, because of the grace of Jesus Christ, like you have eternal life. So mm-hmm. there isn't really in my, I, even as a child, I've always like, well, why are you worried about that? Like yeah. we don't, we don't run out of time. Do you right. get what I'm saying? Yeah, for so, sure. and I was kind of talking to somebody about that in, in regards to death because of a, a parent, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to understand, and I don't have kids. So yeah. I was trying to understand like the grandparent relationship, like, well, my grand, my, my parents aren't going to be able to see my grandkids or whatever yeah. it may yep. be. So I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but it does. Th- there is, there is a perspective. I think that in modern day, uh, especially America, it, it's hard to grab onto as, as a Christian because it can infiltrate us that, well, we got to, we got to hurry up and get it done before we, before we leave, yes. you know? I think, um, you know, and it's not exclusive to, to the West, but we, we certainly have a controlling interest in, in, in our ability to work hard and capitalism. And that's, that's one of the beauties of being able to know that you can work hard and, and get after it. But I, I think it comes at the expense of us forsaking the things that God really wants us to have. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, you know, I, Jesus talks about, man, what, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but right. lose his soul? Right. Um, and, and a lot of times we look at that as like a, a salvation thing. Um, but I, I think it's a little bit deeper than that. I think it's like soul is like a sense of self, well-being, purpose, like understanding the, the biblical and godly value that you have. You got all these things, but it came at the expense of you giving up like your family, your rest, your peace, your shalom. Like, mm. is that, is that worth it? And I think that if, if, if there's something that I think the American church can really begin to lead the way in with our, with our demographics that God has us in, it's helping us to recognize like acquiring more things is not, is not a reflection of godliness. Hmm. It's not necessarily anything wrong with it, man. Get it, be successful. But I think sometimes we place so much, we place so much emphasis. That's why Jesus says, man, don't, don't simply store up things that are going to be here on the earth that's hmm. going to rust and that moth is going to get to, but, but man, store up treasures in heaven. That's the balance that we want to have. Be successful, man. Provide for your family. Go on vacations. Do all that stuff. God's given us this world for us to have impact, but to also enjoy it. But don't forget that, man. We we belong to the kingdom of God. And if we don't learn how to bring the kingdom here on earth, on earth as it is in heaven, Mm -hmm. then we're missing out on it. Sometimes we think on earth as it is in heaven is exclusively to answering the prayer that I want. No. 
in heaven, while they are certainly on mission, there's rest. Hmm. So let's start talking about bringing that on in heaven on earth as well, instead of just kind of like getting my prayer answered. Yeah. So that's that's the thing that we need. We just have to bring that heavenly balance back in. Yeah. A, a lot of times, and this is a theme that's come up on the on the podcast uh, a few different times, and and something that God's continuing to teach me. Like, it's both. Yes. It's work and it's rest. Yes. And there are designated spaces for that. Yes. You know what I mean? So. God definitely, I mean, before the fall of man, like they were even required to, to steward the, yes. the, the garden, you yeah. know, and that's work. Yes. So it's not like, it's not like whenever there's a new heaven and a new earth, it's just like, we're just chilling on the couch. Yeah. Like there's stuff, there's going to be stuff to do, yeah. but it's going to be from a posture of rest Absolutely. and satisfaction and peace Absolutely. and not frantic yes. gotta get it done not or panic, not, not panic yes yeah absolutely that's that's always been the will of god for for his people is for us to experience in that and i think that we we look at heaven as being this distant thing that's away we look at the things that god is talking to us about as this thing that we only can inquire when we when we breathe our last breath but the truth of the matter is man like heaven is closer than we think it is mm. and and we can experience some of the the peace that God really has for us if we can just begin to implement um, his ways into our lives. So that's, that's, the, that's the hope. That's what I'm asking us to consider doing is really getting to a place where we're going to stop allowing the, the hustle and the grind of the world to consistently call us, cause us to get out of rhythm with God. Like, okay, yeah, get after it, but create some space. Let's do something countercultural and create some space where we're going to say, I'm going to rest. I'm going to invite God into my home. I'm going to pray over my family. We're going to sit back. We're going to play some Uno together. We're going to watch some TV. We're going to talk. We're going to hang. We're going to chat. We may go out to get something to eat. We're going to do any of that stuff, but it's a space where I'm not going to be looking at my emails. I'm not going to be looking at the things that are needed that are pulling away from me. And we work in church. We work in ministry. Mm -hmm. And even that is something that I have to say, you know what? When God was doing his creation, you know what? That's good enough for today. Mm -hmm. That's good enough for today. It's understanding boundaries. And so that's something that I've learned to put into my life and even being in a position that I'm in, I've, I do my very best to make sure I don't, I don't harass anyone on Fridays or Saturdays, unless it's like a crazy emergency or something comes up that we just didn't anticipate. But I do my best to honor that because I realized that that means something to me and I'm hopeful that I can show that to our team. Yeah. And for, for someone who's like, man, wh where do I even begin? Mm -hmm. how, how do I even start this other than just not doing anything like what what do they you know what what yeah. does someone need to because we're talking more about a posture and a mindset yes. and, and an attitude more than we are an action yep so absolutely so how do how does someone begin to do that begin is it just like just start and and move forward with it are there are there things that you want people to be thinking about i mean what are what are some um some sabbath specifics if you will yeah i would i would say like there are some things that you just you just do it like it's it's you just begin to, you just begin to get after it because um sometimes like you know we we can't be we can't wait for our feelings to catch up mm -hmm. with what god is asking us to do um so for so for me and my family i would say depending on the week it all varies but sure. if i were to kind of you know collate a, a a a data point i would say we probably eat together 80%. Okay. Maybe more recently over the past month, maybe about 78%, but 80% we eat together virtually every night of the week anyway. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is on Friday is the night that I'm a little bit more intentional about what we 
are are talking about we're a little bit more intentional with making sure like okay on friday nights we don't have phones at the table Mm -hmm. like so it's just being a little bit more intentional with that night so i think that instead of trying to overwhelm yourself by launching something completely new i think you look at what you're currently doing Mm -hmm. and just say how can i be intentional with presencing god in this i gotta eat Mm -hmm. i'm 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 either with my family or i'm with friends or maybe this is a night that I'm, i'm i'm alone just when i'm doing something that i already do i eat on fridays or whatever day it works for you I'm going to pause and take a couple of minutes and just say, God, you know what? I honor you. I'm mm-hmm. so grateful that, that you are Lord of the Sabbath and I invite you into my home. I just pray that you give me peace in Jesus name. And then you literally sit down, you eat, you do whatever you do. You keep it pushing. Sometimes my family and I will do communion. A lot of times we don't, but just mm-hmm. something as simple as that is just your process of inviting God into your home and you acknowledging that he's Lord, not only of your Sundays, but he's Lord of your your Fridays, your every day of the week, but it's a great moment to pause and just acknowledge him. Yeah. I, uh, I think too, a lot of times we, um, we forget that pursuing God may not necessarily be always adding elements, but taking some elements away. Yes. So for me, w- one of the ways that, that I do that is literally putting my phone in another room yes because i can say oh i'll just put it on silent and put mm-hmm. it on the coffee table well what do i do i pick it up i turn it over okay. did i yeah. do i have anything but when it's away from me in the other room or mm-hmm. even off it's 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 me removing that you yes. know it's me saying like okay i'm literally if i really want to look at it i'm gonna have to get up walk you know what i mean walk so it's shame to go get it exactly yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> like dang it yes but so I think removing some things too, it's not just adding a bunch of stuff. Absolutely. And I think that's the key point, man, is like, I think sometimes we, we can just get bogged down by feeling like, okay, I got to add all this stuff. But I think that's a great point. I noticed for me that um, when I would struggle with sleeping, because sometimes like I'm, my mind's always going and man, I got this thought, let me put it in my notes or something really mm-hmm. quick. But what I notice is when I, when I move my phone on the other side of the bedroom, so it's, it's charging, it's in the other, it's in the other mm-hmm. room, like it's basically in a bathroom, like it's going to require me to physically get up, walk over there. Like what you're saying, I started sleeping so much better because my brain knew I didn't have immediate access Mm. to it. So I was able to literally rest better because my mind wasn't thinking, Hey man, you need to write that down before you forget it. It was so much more peace Mm. um, doing that. And I had to train myself in that way. So I think you're onto something really crucial is like, yeah, just put it, just put it away. What is putting it away look like? Um, And that's just doing something like that. It's, it goes a long way because there's constantly, this pull at us, man. It's sure. just, you know, I was, I was watching this show, man. I'll, I'll say this. I was watching this show on um, Netflix. I think it's called social dilemma. Yep. And bro, like it, it messed with me mm. because like it talks about how like these devices, which are meant to be tools to help us, how they conveniently strategically send things to your phone to get your attention. Like, and it's, it seems like it's random, but again, this is like a, this particular like documentary slash show is like a little bit of like a, it, it really gives you insight into like the algorithm of how they try to spark engagement mm. It's brilliant. But at the end of the day, man, it's pulling you in. Like it literally, it kind of personifies like um, a social media and it says like, oh man, they haven't posted in a couple of days. What can we do to generate? And you start noticing the strategy of how they're trying to get your attention. And so wow. for me, and what they do is the, the notification. So a big thing that I've decided to do after watching that is I turned off my notifications on virtually everything with the exception of, I think my text messages, because obviously if my family's texting me, I want to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. And maybe like my emails. Other than that, I literally don't want social media alerting me every time a friend of mine posts something because right. it compels you to want to go and look. So literally just turning off notifications 
you'd be amazed at how much peace you get because mm-hmm. you're not being alerted every single second when something's happening and you're feeling like you're missing out on something. Yeah. And, and speaking of peace, let, let, let's offer some, some peace and some ease of mind to maybe some of our listeners who's like, uh, I work at a hospital on Friday yep. nights yep. or I, you know, I'm a first responder. I'm, I'm a police officer. Mm-hmm. I work on Saturdays, you know, yep. like let's offer them a little bit of comfort into, into this. It's, it's never, it's not about, and I think that's the beauty of being in this dispensation of grace. Like we're not supposed to be so bogged down into the, the legalistic day, so to speak. Um, God had a moment and he has a day. And what they'll say in, um, in Genesis, when you break down, when it says, and God created the, the, the suns and the stars, the service, the times, they call that an appointment, an appointed time. So what, what many scholars will say is that, so when the Bible talks about a certain day, that's an appointment with God. But now that we're under the dispensation of grace and we kind of see the, the evolution of how um, people used to gather and go to um, to temple on certain days, but then when Jesus was resurrected, it was on the Lord's day. And that's what, how we now go to church on Sundays. Like we see that shift. We're in this space of grace where, Man, if you if you are working on Sunday and you can't come to church, well, then you do church at home when you can. Or if you are working, like you're saying, and you can't do it on a Friday, like God's not sitting back and saying, man, you know what? You missed the appointment. Mm. So you're, you're out of it. It's, it's a posture of the heart and just simply saying, I'm creating space for God on a Tuesday because that's when my schedule allows for it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to have it in another room, but it's going to be a space where I'm going to do my best to be present with whoever my community is. And I'm going to presence God in some way. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Just start somewhere. It for some folks, I know so many families, man, like depending on what their what their dynamics are. Mm-hmm. We have kids who are involved in all types of activities, of course, pre-COVID. But what I would see that people would say is like, so we have our family dinner, but after that, like we all go our separate ways because I got kids who are involved in 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 varying sport activities mm-hmm. or varying community things. So it's not meant to be this legalistic thing where Okay, we're just going to sit in here. We're going to light candles, kumbaya, and sit here the whole night. But it's just creating intentional space where we sit together as a family. We're not going to allow distractions to come in and take it away. We're going to pray. We're going to eat. And then everybody can go their separate ways if that's what you need to do. And it doesn't matter what day of the week. If you can do it on a Friday, sure. If you can't, then do it whenever you can. Sometimes, man, if I'm traveling or if something comes up and we can't do it on a Friday, I'm not sitting there like, man, God's angry with me. Mm. That is that is not the way that God is functioning and seeing any of this right now. It's just saying, do what you can with what you have. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so I want to give everybody a sense of peace with that. Like, don't feel like you if you can't do it on a certain day that you're missing it and you can't participate. In the same way, if you can't make it to church on a Sunday, what do you do? You watch church at home. You listen to after the message. You still do what you can with what you can, with what you have. That's how this needs to be implemented into our lives. Yeah, that's good. Is there anything else that I always like to ask you this? Because uh, I know a couple of times you, you like to mention like, man, I wish I would have said that. Is there anything else that, that you kind of maybe didn't get a chance to, to hit on Sunday or we pretty much cover it all? I think, I mean, you always do such a good job at pulling stuff out of me. So, um, <laughs> so I, I think that's it. I just, I just, just sincerely, I just want to demystify some of these things that are really meant to be a benefit to us. Mm-hmm. I think, um, that's the biggest thing. And I'm hopeful that this conversation, I'm hopeful that this message can just begin to nudge people to say, maybe if God just doesn't want me running at this uncomfortable burnout pace. So what I briefly hit on, and, and, and I know we're going to wrap up, is just at the pace in which people are burning out. And there's all types of things that we can tie back to it, but people are burning out like, like crazy. And it's mm-hmm. because they're just running this nonstop race, this constant execution, this constant output. Um, 
But scripture says, man, the race is not given to the swift. Mm-hmm. Like there's moments where God is saying, I really, I really want you guys to recognize that, that in my ecosystem, the things that I value the most are people that, that are going to be hardworking. Again, scripture tells us if a man don't work, he don't need like, we're mm-hmm. like, you can read the, you can read Proverbs and it tells you that oh, yeah. like you need to get after Straight it. Don't up. sit back and wait and like, yo, get after it. However, the tension that we have to manage is recognizing we're going to pause and acknowledge God because I think God understands that, you know, there's that scripture that Dave Ramsey used all the time that the borrower is slave to the lender, mm. that when you begin to create debt, that you're a slave to it. So we're looking at, at that as expression of, okay, there's debt and now you're in, you're indebted to someone. Yep. But typically what happens whenever you're in debt or you create debt, you're working to pay off debt. Mm. And as long as you have debt, you have to work hard in order to pay it off. And so if you got an opportunity to work overtime or all these other things, you're typically doing that because you have a goal that a lot of times is attached to debt in some way. Mm. So that's why what I've seen, I've seen so many folks that when they get to that debt free life, people who downsize, they um, they kind of scale back a little bit because they seen what that rat race does to them. I've seen this one couple where they worked hard. I mean, very successful, but they were just like, man, it was killing us. It was burning us out. Mm. So they slowed down. They took a year off. They wow. paid off all their debt, took a year off work altogether. That's what got I'm an talking RV, about. <laughs> drove across the country, came back, and now they're able to work at a pace that's good for them and their family. Hmm. I'm not telling anyone on here to quit your job and get an RV and just ride across that's what the I countryside. Heard. That's what of I course, heard. that's what you <laughs> But what I'm saying is, I think there's a connection where God doesn't want us to be bound yes. to having to work in this nonstop grind in such a way that we can't pause and enjoy the life that he's given us. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's really a remembrance anyways. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's just an intentional time for, for us. I mean, why do we have holidays? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, and sometimes they sneak up on us because yes. we're in the race. Exactly. And we, and we go, oh yeah, we need to, re- we need to remember this. So mm-hmm. it really is at the end of the day, that's what it is like. Oh yeah, God's actually given me the ability to work. Yep. You know, like I can do nothing without Him, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's just a way to to worship Him and thank Him for it. And so really appreciate you you coming on. We always love having you on on the podcast. And uh, uh, yeah, I ho- hope to uh, have you on again soon. Absolutely, love it. Great work as always, man. I can't wait to come back. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at celebrationorl.org.